Yeah, hello guys. You are in the discipleship seminar stream for 12s to 14s, which means you are the keen beans. Can I get a hands up for the keen beans? Yeah, you are the keno beanos, you're the keeny beanies, okay? It means you know Jesus already and you want to know what it is to go deeper in relationship with him. We're going to talk about what it means to be a disciple. A disciple is a guy who follows someone, who says, I want to be like you. I want to go where you go. Okay, uh, I want to I look like you. And so being a disciple of Jesus is about following him. But that's a bit of Christianese, isn't it? it which by which I mean it's quite hard always to understand what I mean by following Jesus. He's not here. I can't leave the Norfolk showground and follow him. What does it mean to follow him? What does it look like at New Day? What does it look like on a Monday morning? What does it look like in double maths? What does it look like when I'm struggling? What does it look like when I'm happy? Okay, what does it look like to follow Jesus? And we're going to start off by them talking about the main thing. Okay, this is number one. If Jesus was here in this room, which he is, but if he, had a, if he was here bodily, right, and uh, you put a gun to his head, you said, Jesus, I want to follow you. What is the number one thing you want from me? Yeah, I get it. I'm in. Maybe you ran to the front yesterday. Maybe you've done that before. You're like, yeah, okay, I'm in. But, but what do you want from me? Tell me what it is. This is what he's saying in one sentence. I'm going to tell you after we read our passage from the Bible, okay? Because there's actually a moment in Jesus' life where someone asks him this question or something very similar. So the person that asks him is someone called a Pharisee. They're people that want disciples for themselves. They want people to follow them and look like them and give them, you know, all their time and attention. And so they're a bit jealous of Jesus. Okay? They want him to make a mistake. They want to trick him. They want to trip him up. In fact, they want him to get, to get him sent to prison and killed. This is near the end of Jesus' life. He's two days away from going to the cross. This is the business end of Jesus' life. Okay? He's not pulling any punches. And so they're coming to him. They're trying to, trying to trick him up, trying to trip him up. And then this happens. If you're taking notes, this is in Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. I'll read it out. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Okay. So they're trying to trick him with a tricky question. Okay. They want to know what's the greatest commandment? What's the most important rule for Christians? What's the number one thing? Now, if you've opened the beginning of your Bibles and tried to read it for any length of time, you'll know there are a lot of rules. In fact, you get Genesis, you get God makes the world, he picks a people for himself, and then it's like rules, 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 rules. There's so many of them. Some of them make loads of sense to us. It's like, don't murder people. Oh yeah, cool. I'm, I'm up for that. Good one, God. Nice law, nice law, no murder. Cool, cool, cool. I'm in for that. 
Some of them are a bit more confusing, a bit more kind of wrapped up in the time, like 2,000 years ago, trying to get your head around. So people I did with shepherds and doing quite well, it was confusing. Some of them don't apply to us in quite the same way anymore. So there's loads of rules about like sacrifices and the amount of I sin, I need to get this kind of sheep or this kind of dove, I need to do all that. Actually, Jesus with the sacrifice, we don't have to do that anymore. There's actually 613 rules in the beginning of the Bible. 613. Sometimes following Jesus feels like a lot of rules. Feels like that first bit of the Bible. Feels like whatever you do, don't do that. Don't watch that. Oh, don't drink too much of that. Don't say that. Or it's other things like, hey, do do that. Who laughed at do-do? I heard that. I heard that. Um, do do that. Do say, you know, go to church, be kind, forgive, love people, brush your teeth. Uh, less so brushing your teeth, but please do that just for your, the people who are in your tent with you. Oh, please brush your teeth. Please, guys. It's not in the Bible, but it's really important to me. Um, do it. Uh, dental hygiene, that's important. It's not the main point. Okay, so it's things, we feel like Christianity, ah, oh, it's just it's a load of rules. Like, I, I came into this for a relationship with Jesus. I had a moment at New Day. I had a moment in my bedroom. I, I, had, I had a moment at church when I thought, yeah, I want to follow him. And it's just been rules, rules, rules ever since. Maybe you don't like that, okay? Maybe that's not your thing. Maybe it feels like you're at school where it's like, you know, uniform. Why does it matter what trainers I'm wearing? If I'm learning maths, I can still learn maths and wear my Nikes. Come on, what's that about? Maybe you're, you know, with the, uh, the one-way systems that schools have now because of, of COVID, right? You're all walking around. But my classroom's there. Why have I got to go all the way around just to get there? It can feel like that. Christianity can feel like that. It can feel a bit, there's just so many rules. Actually, there's another side to this as well. Some of you love the rules, okay? When you're playing a game, of, when you're playing a board game, you're like, we must stick to the rules, Inside the rules, we have fun, okay? You're all about it. And I think I was a bit like this as a youth, as a 12 to 14, sitting in seminars. I love the tick boxes. I was like, yep, yeah. I put my hand up to worship. Yep, yeah, I get baptized. Yep, yeah, I'm going to run to the front. Every opportunity of responses. Yep, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. Just badges. Yeah, I am the perfect Christian. Look at me. We can love rules. We can absolutely Love them. So we've got two sides of it. The Pharisees are more the second group, okay? They love the rules, and they're trying to trick him. They're like, 613 rules. Go on, pick one. This guy's never going to pick one. He's never going to pick one. Go on, pick one. And he says, love God. Love him. Wait, wait, not, not don't murder, or uh, not, not kind of go to church, or don't swear, or, or be kind. Good things, good things, right? Don't murder people. That's important. But love God. Love him with all you have, with everything you ever think or say or do or breathe. Love him. Love him. That's number one. And then from that comes loving other people. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the other seminars. We're going to focus on number one today. Love God. That's where we start this week in our discipleship seminar stream. I hope you come with us. We're going to have a great journey. Loving him. You know, it's actually possible to follow loads of rules and feel like the best Christian ever and not love him. 
okay? You can never, you know, I, I don't do any of the rubbish stuff. I've never seen porn. I, I, I come to church every week. I answer all the questions. I, yes, I think it's Jesus. Yeah, gold star, right? You can do that every time. That was me, okay? That was absolutely me. I remember sitting in these seminars with loads of great friends from my youth group, some of whom still going for God, still loving it, some of whom are not anywhere with God anymore. Then they come to church. But actually, back then I would have said, perfect Christian. Perfect Christian. Love it. They've got the badge. They do all the rules. They've got the, they've got the bands on. They love it. They run up to the front. They love it. But they just, they've missed something. And Jesus is saying, man, the Pharisees, they've missed it too. It's, it's not really about all the rules. That will come later. You're going to love following him. Okay. It's going to, it's the good things to do. But really, first of all, it starts with your heart. I want to ask you today, do you love him? Do you love him? Is that you? Are you sitting here going, oh, I love the rules, but actually, I don't even know what that means. Do you love him? Have you had a moment where you say, man, you are worth everything, Jesus. Do you love him? Do you know what? It shouldn't have been a surprise to the Pharisees that he picked that. The Bible's full of places where, where God says, hey, do you know what? Yeah, there's lots of rules, but I want, I want your heart. I want you to love me. Um, it says in Isaiah, God says to his people, he says, these people, they come near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So Isaiah 29, their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on rules that they've been taught. Ooh, just based on rules. So their hearts, they're nowhere. They say the right things. They do the right things. Where, where's the heart? You know, the Bible says you were made by God for God. We have a song we sing at New Day, Born to Love You. You were born to love God. It's not just something Jesus wants you to do. It's what you were made for. You're a love machine. Okay? You are. And the Bible says that. You can see that in your lives as well. You, you, you can see it in, in the lives of people around you. We love to love, right? We love to love, particularly as teenagers. Your minds, your bodies, your emotions, everything are becoming more and more adult. And you're very aware. You just want to love stuff. You want to love people. You want to just throw yourself at people. But you're quite restricted in how you do that. Too young to marry, that kind of thing. You're really aware you've got all this love in you and you don't know what to do with it. Okay, so sometimes we throw it at our families. We're like, I just love my family so much. I love my mum. I love my mum. I love my mum. I want to be with her all the time. I don't want to go to school. I want to be with mum. When I'm at church, I'm hanging off mum's arm. I don't want to go anywhere apart from with mum. Maybe it's your friends. Right? Friends are so important, uh, particularly at school, particularly 12 to 14's age, right? You go, right, you're my best friend. You're my BFFL. You're my best friend Forever. Forever. Um, it could be your pets, your cat, your dog. I like to take a photo. I'm talking about my cat. I'm talking about my um, I don't personally, but some of you do. And then you start to think romantic relationships. Actually, I just want to wanna love someone. I don't even mind who it is. I just want someone I can tell them they're beautiful. I want someone I can lavish all this stuff on. I can give them hugs. I want the same thing back from them as well. But I want to I wanna love people. We've got all this love and we don't know where to put it. The Bible says that feeling or a lot of that feeling of having all this love in us is because you were made to love God first. You have an infinite love in you because you're made to love an infinite God. The issue comes when we love people and things 
where we should love God. It's good to love people. It's good to love some, you know, some things in your life. That's fine. But number one, love God. And the truth is people let us down, right? Even people that you have poured out your love on, they're not everything that you, you think they should be. Maybe parents, uh, they've let you down. You thought they should be there for you, and they weren't. Maybe your friends, it changed. Well, we were best friends on Monday and Tuesday. You're best friends with them. You're not friends with me anymore. You've left me. What's happened? Actually, pets, they don't live forever. I'm sorry. It's true. Okay? The truth is, we're trying to use people and things to fill a void that only God can. Truth is, the love we're meant to give to God is actually too much for other things. It's too much for other people, which means we can get quite intense. Okay, I, I know I can. You can even scare people off a little bit because you're expecting them to be as lovable, as perfect as the God you were made for. And they're not. They're not made for that. It's a bit like jumping out of a tree and expecting an ant to catch you. Okay, you're going to feel really let down by that ant. Really let down. It's like, wait, you weren't there for me when I wanted you to be. Come on. And the ant's going to be pretty crushed by you. Okay? You're just, you're built for something greater and bigger and you're trying to pour it into something. It's not, it's not meant to be there. It's also a bit like, imagine we took all the electricity for New Day, right? Put it through one, I'm not an electrician, I don't know how this works. Put it through one wire and put it into your bedside lamp at home. Okay? What's going to happen? Bang! Lots of smoke, smashed, broken. It wasn't made for that. You were made to love God and God is not like that. There's no end to him. He's never too tired to talk to you. He never walks off and finds another friend. Okay, he never passes away. He is eternal. He's perfect. And he's lovely forever. There's always more to find out about him. You'll never get to the end of him and reasons to love you, uh, love him. He's not going to let you down. And right now, he is standing with his arms open saying, you were made for me. That's what he's saying to you. I want all of you. I want all your love. I want all your affection. I want your heart, your soul, your mind. I want everything. I want everything. So, love God, number one. That's the commandment. That's our first brick in the wall of discipleship, loving him. Loving him. So, for the rest of our time, just as we, uh, yeah, we move on, we're going to talk about what it means to love God. Okay, We've talked about why we do it. Right? We're made for it. Jesus tells us to, we're now going to look at what it is and how do we do it. So how do we even know what it means to love God? Okay, again, it can be a bit Christianese. It can be a little bit like, okay, we say that, we sing that. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what it means. Well, it says in the Bible, in 1 John 4, in this is love. Not that we've loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation, like the price, the price to be paid for our sins. Even your love for God, okay? You already, a lot of us will be feeling, man, I don't, I don't love him enough. I don't love him perfectly. Yeah, okay, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure that's me. Even that love, it's not about trying harder. Your love for God starts with him. Your love for him starts with his love for you. He even says that in that passage. And actually specifically starts with Jesus paying the price for your sins. Jesus said to some of his disciples, and he says it to you, he says, hey, you didn't choose me. 
I chose you. I said, I want you to be my disciple. It says in the Bible, before the beginning of time in love, he chose us to be adopted as sons and daughters. It all starts with him. The word love, Jesus uses in the verse that we started with, love, God, with all your heart. That word love includes the meaning delight in or enjoy. So first of all, before we get to the trying and the doing and the obeying, which we will get to, it doesn't start there. To love Jesus is to enjoy him. If you're taking notes, you write that down, okay? To love Jesus is to enjoy him. Some very smart Christians a long time ago answered the question like this, similar kind of question, what's the most important rule? What's the, what's the, most, what's the chief end of man, they said? And the answer was, man's chief end, the most important thing for a Christian, for a guy, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Your purpose, your meaning in life, yes, to worship, yes, to lift him up, yes, to do all the right things, and the, well, yes, 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 but you do it by enjoying him. It starts by enjoying him. Hey, you know Christianity is fun. You know Jesus is wonderful to be with. Those of you that think it's just, oh, it's just rules, just not doing this, not doing this. I, I want to pray. I want to ask you to lift your eyes again and see that Jesus is wonderful. He is so wonderful and he's just there to be enjoyed. Your love for him starts with his love for you. It's delighting in him. So I delight in pizza. I love pizza. It makes me really happy. I love the cheese. I love the tomato. I love the bread. Oh, pizza. And I'm going to tell you about pizza. I love pizza. Never, never with pineapple, right? Never with pineapple. That should be in the rules. It's not, but it should be. Never with pineapple, okay? Pizza. I love pizza and I delight in it, which means I just enjoy all the parts of it. I enjoy what it is, and I love telling people about it. I, I delight in my wife as well. Man, I could do a whole talk about all the things I love about her. She is wonderful. I love being with her, talking to her, spending time with her, talking about her to others. Have you seen how great she is? Have you seen how pretty she is? Come on, come have a look. I love you. Relationships is about delighting in people. And actually, if I said, yeah, okay, I'm your husband. I made, made some promises. So it's your birthday. Here's a present. I just sort of walked away. Or on Valentine's Day, I was like, yeah, I'll write you a card. It says, you are my wife, I guess. You'd, you'd have some questions about our marriage. You'd be like, I feel like you don't delight in her. You're doing all the right things. You're just loving her. You're not loving other women. That's, you're doing the right, but you're not delighting in her. Loving God is delighting in him. And the truth is, relationships, they go up and down, right? It's really, really uh, easy for a lot of us to love God at New Day. Not so easy in double maths. And the invitation to love God, first and foremost, whether you're by yourself, in your, in your room at home, whether you're at church, wherever you are, the invitation is to first enjoy his love through Jesus. Enjoy who he is, what he's done, enjoy his presence with us by his Holy Spirit, and in the enjoyment of that, worship him with our lives, with our obedience, with our rules, with every, everything else. Yeah, that comes later. Start with enjoying him and enjoying his love for us. We're going to get practical in some ways that we can do that, ways we can enjoy God, but I just, it's so important that you get that. Because some of you, you'll, you'll, you'll leave this and you'll go, great, I've got a tick box of things to do, and then I'll be a perfect Christian. And the, 
it's, it's not the point, okay? I, I, I like that you're trying. It's good, okay? But that's not the point. The point is you're there to enjoy him. And everything we do is to experience him, okay? It's not about reading the Bible for the Bible's sake. It's about enjoying him. So we're going to get into that. Let's talk about the how very quickly. So God is a difficult person to get to know. I don't know if you've noticed that. Okay, I said I love pizza. Pizza, it's easy to see and enjoy. It's there. I love my wife. I can talk to her. I can introduce you to her. God is hard to know. The Bible says, actually, no one's, no one's ever seen God. No one's ever seen him. Where is he? I don't know. Is he here? It's difficult, right? Loving someone that's not there. What, how do we do that? Well, this is what it says in 1 John. Or John 1. No one has ever seen God. The only God who's at the Father's side, he has made him known. Okay, interesting bit of English. What it means is, what's God like? He's like Jesus. How do I get to love and know God? He's, he's out there somewhere and it's difficult and he's high and he's mighty and he's greater than me. And the Bible says I can't even see him. What, how, do I, how do I do that? It's through Jesus. God is revealed in Jesus. In fact, Jesus said that to his disciples. They're like, can you show us God? It's all very well following you around. Uh, it's been cool seeing you do some fun stuff. Love the thing with the fish and the loaves. That was great. Uh, really cool. Can you show us God though? Jesus said, oh, you've missed it. You've missed it. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. He's not just a nice guy with good ideas that is nice to kind of learn from and get some rules and this is the good way to live. He is God himself showing himself to us. Most perfectly, most obviously in the cross when he died for us when we were still his enemies. It's a bit like many of you will have this experience. Someone who knows your parents before they know you. They come up and they're like, you look just like your dad. Okay, I get that a lot. My, my dad was a, a big cheese in our church. People be like, hey, you're Bob's son. Yeah, you're Bob's son. You look exactly like Bob. You look like Bob. You do? Yes, okay, I'm his son. All right. I look like him. So if you were to ask me, what, is, what does Bob look like? I could say, oh, he's a bit like me. He's just a bit older. Jesus is God's perfect son. What does God look like? He looks like Jesus. He looks like his son. And that's actually why we read the Bible, okay? So that's, when we get to the practicalities of it, how do we enjoy Jesus? Well, obviously, the Bible. But the key to it is it's not about knowledge, really. It's good to learn things, right? Fine. Some of you will love learning. You love thinking. That's good. But actually, you don't read the Bible for the Bible. You read it to experience Jesus and experience God through Jesus. It's not just a reading. It's feeding. Okay, it's less of a lesson. Okay, yeah, okay, I'll just learn this, I'll learn this, I'll learn this. And it's more like a meal. It's more about reading it to satisfy you. Because God has revealed his son, how? Through his word, through the Bible. Even the bits of the Bible that seem a bit random, they are actually about Jesus. And can help us to see him in a new way, a fresh way, and see him again. Jesus says this to a couple of disciples um, after he's been raised from the dead. He says, He's teaching them and he said, beginning with Moses and the prophets, so that's the beginning. He explained to them that what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. Okay. So he said to them, hey, here's the Bible. Here's the first bit of the Bible, the Old Testament. All of it, it's actually all about me. It's all about Jesus. 
So we read the Bible to enjoy him, not just to learn. So I don't know how good you are at doing that. I don't know if you've done it lots already this week, whether you haven't opened your Bible for a while. I remember when I was 12 to 14, my Bible had dust on it because I just didn't, I didn't know how to start. I just opened it and it was massive and it's just, it's difficult. Okay, so here's a few ideas of where to start. There's a book in there called the Psalms. It's a big book in the middle, full of songs. Okay, we often read them out. I, I said a bit in the 12s to 14s to start with. Okay, a lot of them written by a guy called David. They're really helpful. There's a lot of Jesus in there. You start to read it, go, hang on, I think that's Jesus. I think he's there, okay? You read it, and it also gives you words to pray back to him as well. So start with that. Um, can also start with the, uh, the Gospels, okay? So the stories of Jesus' life, right? Matthew, be like, you flick through your Bible, say New Testament, it'd be the first one after that. The easiest way to see Jesus, just a story about his life, okay? Um, get even more practical, if you've heard of the YouVersion app, okay, it's a Bible app. If you just need a bit more help than just reading, okay, because it's just, it's difficult. What it can do is it'll just ping you a little, a little sentence each day. Read this bit, read this bit. You can choose, I want to do seven days on loving God, okay, and it will ping you, that to you. So it's not, not for everyone, but it might be for you to get little streaks on it if that helps you. <laughs> that helps you keep going back to it. Hey, you don't even have to read it. If you hate reading, hands up if you hate reading. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a few of us. If you hate reading, listen to the Bible. Listen to it. You just go on YouTube, type in audio Bible, Matthew, audio Bible Psalms. Just give it a listen. I'll do it. I'll do it on the way, you know, on the bus, on the train, walking around. Listen to it. Get it into you. Okay? And very quickly, the Bible Project, if you've not heard of them, they do great little videos on each book of the Bible. So as you're starting the Psalms, you might go YouTube, Bible Project, Psalms, read it, watch it. Very short, very easy. And you go, okay, that helps me. That helps me. And as we read about God and as we read about how he shows himself in Jesus, all he's done for us and won for us and, and the world on the cross, we come to experience God being with us and then the Bible encourages us to talk to him. Okay, we could do a whole seminar on prayer. We don't have time for it. But first of all, the Bible encourages us to pray without ceasing, to pray and pray and pray. You know, relationships in your life are made weirder when you don't talk. Maybe you've got the silent treatment from a friend. It's like, I don't even, I can't, we can't even start, begin to repair this thing, or the problem we've got in our friendship, because we're not even talking, okay? Your relationship to God is no different. Let's keep, keep talking to him. My main suggestion right now, we have a prayer meeting in the mornings at New Day. Come along, come try it out. See what people are doing, listen to their prayers, get an idea. Really, you learn by doing. You learn by doing. Try it yourself. Okay, maybe you could set a timer on your phone, five minutes, ten minutes. I'm just going to try and keep praying for five minutes about the Bible thing I read. Okay, Jesus, I read that you, you did this and I, I want you to help. I just start there and keep going, okay, until the alarm goes off. And remember, it's about enjoying him and about relationship with him. It won't always feel as wonderful and as delightful as it can, but sometimes it will. Prayer is one of the great secrets and treasures of the Christian life. You, we all need to get on it. It's difficult. It's a battle. I don't find it easy. But without it, it's really weird. The Christian life is just weird without it. I need to talk to God. I need to see him. So we've covered a lot of ground today. But in summary, the first building block, the first brick in our wall of discipleship as we go through is loving God. Following Jesus means loving him which starts with enjoying his love for us through Jesus, through what he's done on the cross, and then responding to that. 
We can enjoy him through prayer, enjoy him through reading the Bible, and then through each other, which, spoiler alert, is what our seminar tomorrow is all about. Come back. It's going to be amazing. Come find out more. Um, Hey, maybe you just want to, can you close your eyes for me for a sec? The Bible teaches that God is good, but it also says taste and see. It also says you can know that right now. So just in these last couple minutes, before I let you go and have your lunch, I want to just pray for us. Lord God, I pray that each young person and each youth leader and each server here would know your goodness and taste of it. I pray, Lord God, that you would come to us in your love. You would show us Jesus more and more and that hearts in here would be set on fire for you. Before we do anything else, before we start doing, I pray, Lord God, we would be overwhelmed with love for you. In your mighty name, God. Amen.